Thank you, Kelly. Talk to me now. Talk to me. We need some calls. We're starting live right here. Good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you tuned. And do talk to me live. 888-256-1080. Jared Taylor is in place. I am in place. Are you in place? Sounds like a Sunday morning sermon. Uh, we'd like to have you call. And if you have a gardening question, this this needs to deal with urban horticulture, not pastures, uh, not not waterways, lakes, things like that. I don't get into those very much, but anything with your lawn, your landscape, uh, house plants, I'll, I'll tackle anything. If I don't know, I'll find out and we'll figure a way for me to get the answer to you. But uh, odds are quite good we can get the answer right here, and I'd love to do that. 888-256-1080. Please call right now. We have about 33 stations that carry this program and have for 35 years. Uh, from Alpine to Crockett, that's quite a diverse countryside when you think about uh, what what grows and what goes on in those two towns and everything in between. And from Victoria and Corpus Christi all the way to Amarillo, that's something that's quite a state. I love talking about my home state. and This program, more than any that I do, keeps me really sharp because I have to think about what you are encountering when you go outside right now. I know that West Texas, the western two-thirds of the state, uh, has been going through just monumental drought, and I hope that the front that is coming through currently and the rest of today and maybe tomorrow, uh, I, I hope it will bring rain to you. Uh, not too much, just the right amount to soak your soil and help your plants. So let's talk about uh, gardening. Any way I can help you, that's why I'm here. I'm your servant. Jared will catch the phone call. He will uh, see what the topic is and what city you live in. And he'll put that on my on my call screen so that I'll have a little bit of a head start of knowing. And uh, if I don't know the city, I'll ask him to get it refined a little bit. You know, if you give a, I, I'm a native Texan, been here all but about five or six years of my life, and uh, still there are a lot of cities, the towns, not so much the cities. I know where the cities are. There are a few that I don't know, and and uh, that really, that really makes a huge difference in the answer uh, that that I'll go the direction that my mind goes. So, give us a call right now, eight 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 two five six ten eighty. The second half of May. What do you do in the second half of May that you can't do at any other time of the year? Well, one thing is you apply the imidacloprid systemic insecticide to prevent crepe myrtle bark scale and crepe myrtle uh, aphids, the two insects that cause the sticky residue on the leaves and stems of the crepe myrtles. That's imidacloprid. You apply it as a soil drench around the drip line of of the plants. I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D. A A Texas certified nursery professional uh, can help you with that. But uh, that's a very common insecticide in several different products. Imidacloprid, applied as a soil drench now, not any later, will help prevent or really significantly cut into the numbers of uh, crepe myrtle bark scale and crepe myrtle aphids. This is the beginning of the time that you can apply image for nutsedge control, nutgrass, in your uh, lawn. Uh, image is a product that needs to be applied twice, 30 days apart, and both of those applications need to fall between May 15 and September 15. So we're there now. You can apply the first one now and the second one 30 days later. 
you can apply them, uh, uh, apply the, the last one as late as August 15 so that the second treatment would fall before September thir- uh, 15. So hope I didn't confuse that too much. So anyway, that'll get you started. If you have June beetles or, or beetles flying around your lights, look at them closely. And if they're huge, we have those on our front porch right now. Uh, they're at least three or four times the size of the little June beetles that you, June bugs that you get a little bit later. Now we're in North Texas and these are early ones. These are not the ones that do the damage to lawns. These are not the, the grubs that do damage to lawns. These are rhinoceros beetles and other types of beetles that really are not particularly harmful to turf grass. So I'm not going to worry about them. I'm certainly not going to be applying uh, any insecticide to my lawn because I saw these now in mid to late May. Uh, however, for June beetles, if you've had June bugs and you've had the little white grub worms that have devoured areas of your lawn, then for that uh, you would apply uh, the uh, uh, Merit granules, which again is imidacloprid, uh, or, or some other labeled insecticide uh, in early to mid-June in South Texas and in late June in North Texas. Um, what else I want to talk about? Anything else? That's enough to get us started. Let's get to your questions. We have three. Uh, Corpus Christi, College Station, and Amarillo. There, I'm going to have to think. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Let me tell you about my book. It uh, Actually, you know what? Chapter two in this book is the calendar, the 48-page calendar that tells you everything I just said about when to do things. Let me tell you about the book. It has, first of all, it's on sale, and I'll give you a really good deal at the end of this uh, commentary. But uh, the book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Don't be going into stores or looking on Amazon for it. It's not there. Yeah, I sell it all personally to save you money. There are no middle people on this one. It comes directly from me to you. So that, that part you need to remember. It has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of successful gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is uh, the calendar, 48-page calendar, four pages per month telling you what you need to do in every month of the year, what you need to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray every month of the year. So what I just told you about mid to late May is right there waiting for you. Chapters 3 through 11 are very detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, whole chapter written on annuals, another whole chapter written on perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Everything you could possibly want to know to be successful with each one of those topics. 840 photographs to illustrate it. Huge amount of text. I worked a year on this book, and it's a hardback, printed on high-quality paper, 344 pages, and all of that will be $38.95 for the sixth printing of the book, but you can get the remaining copies. You can get one of the remaining copies of the book for only $32.95. That's of the fifth printing. I'm just trying to make some room. There are only two paragraphs that have changed uh, between fifth and sixth printing, and they refer to the fact that we did have that just awful freeze back in February 2021. You already knew that, so you might as well go ahead and save the $6. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, available from my website or by calling my office. The website is neilsperry.com, and the office phone number Monday through Friday weekday hours is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, and this will be a signed copy, satisfaction guaranteed, is N-E-I-L. 
S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. The 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high, and it was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Well, now here we are 90 years later. The Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in Texas. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms where they happen for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's been made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com to learn more and to find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by one of their 33 locations. Mueller. They're made in America, and they're made to last. Mueller Roofs, MuellerInc.com. More after this message. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate that. And the lines are filled right now, so make note of that number and call when you uh, hear me finishing up with someone. We're going first to Eddie in Corpus Christi. Eddie, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Appreciate your call. What can I do? Hey, um, about a year ago, I had a oak tree uh, ground down to the stump, but I got a bunch of little saplings growing, and I don't know what to do about those. I mean, well, just everywhere. Yeah, those are those are sprouts coming up from the roots, and they're tough. They are going to be tough because they have a great big mama root down there in the ground. And uh, they are sprouting off that, and that that root has a lot of energy left in it. It's not completely convinced that it's dead. It does, it hasn't gotten the memo yet. Um, it's a shame when when uh, companies come out to do uh, the the stump grinding that they don't go out on those roots, and and most companies do not. So you didn't get yorked by the company that did the work for you. That's that's standard. Um, but so do I just dig up the yard or, well, I don't want to see you do that. I think probably a couple of things you could try. Um, if I don't think this is going to work, but I'm going to propose it anyway, because it won't cost much. You could try a broadleaf weed killer on them and, and hope that enough would get into the, the, uh, the leaves of the sprouts to be taken into that root to kill the root. It, it will probably take two or three applications, maybe even not just to the sprouts that you can see now, but new ones that will still come up. Are, okay. are you seeing them in rows, kind of like they're tracing a root out? Uh, well, you know, I'm looking at it right now. I'm standing all over it. Um, and, I mean, it's just like somebody's grass here you know and it, and it's it's sporadic i mean it's you got a few of them here then you know i mean but it's everywhere somebody yeah somebody sent me a photo i think to my q a uh, part of my newsletter and they had a photo of the very same situation 
and I could kind of, you could see where the roots were in the ground because these were above the roots. They they had come up in a, a random pattern. It wasn't perfect, but you could see that there there were more of them right here, more of them. It's kind of like looking down from space at a at 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 the United <laughs> States, and you can see where the highways are by the 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 car lights at night. Um, yeah. So I would try a broadleafed weed killer with 2,4-D. And what is your grass? Is it St. Augustine? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to introduce, that's going to introduce another problem because it's going to be sensitive to your broadleafed weed killer. It, it, it won't kill it, but it certainly can wound it. So you're going to have to be awfully careful there. There, there isn't much else you can do other than take a sharpshooter spade. And go in uh-huh. about a thirty degree angle and just sever them about two or three inches down in the ground. I, you're not going to like my answer. Any type of answer I give you out of this, you're going to hang up and say Neil didn't know much. <laughs> so I'm prepared. <laughs> I hope all your friends are listening, so so they'll be able to say when you go over and grouse to him. Yeah, I heard that, Eddie. I knew he was going to tell you that because <laughs> there just isn't a good answer. Those 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 roots that are down there in the soil are are big, and they've got a lot of power left, and they're going to have to they're going to have to get the message that they're dead and they're they're not there yet. I'll tell you one thing that might work if any of them comes up near the the old stump area. This might work. Maybe dig around where the stump was, and if you can find one of those big roots. Uh, each, each of the roots and and clear it out so that you have a good shot at that root. You can see it. It's like digging down to look for a submarine and clear out the soil so that you can drill into that root with a, a drill bit the size of your, your fingers, one of your fingers, and then pour that broadleaf weed killer directly into the root so it'll be soaked up into the root. That may be the best answer okay. I have. And try to try to kill the whole root out that way. I think that may be where I want to leave my answer, and then I'm going to run for the door. That, 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 that sounds like a good idea there. You it's know, worth I'm, a try. That uh, pieces of root that are, like, just barely coming out of the ground, so I think I'm going to start there. Those are the ones to do. That's exactly where you need to start. And that broadleaf weed killer won't hurt your grass because it's going strictly into the wood. You don't want to drill through the, the root. You just want to drill into the root. It doesn't hurt if you put three or four holes in the root. Those holes don't need to be big. All right. Well, at least I got a starting point from, you know, your you information. Do. So that's- Yeah, let me know if that works. Call me back. I won't be hurt if you say, Neil, that advice was sorry. You have any other sorry advice for me? I, I just, <laughs> live oaks are 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 wonderful trees but they're frustrating when this happens i hope i helped eddie good luck with it i appreciate it man yes thanks for the call you bet take care all right we go to cheryl in college station cheryl this is neil good morning hi neil how are you today wonderful how can i help you good good i've got a a similar question uh, to your last caller just not an oak tree when the freeze came through last year we had a big bottle brush uh bush in the front flower bed and the landscapers came and they cut it off at ground level and when you look at that the base the woody base of that is probably you know six eight ten inches across it was big and healthy so um, now I've got sprouts coming up around either side of that woody base and I'm wondering with the bottle brush if we need to just pull that big base out and start again with a new plant or just let these sprouts go and or shoots go and see what they do. 
Um, without being able to see it, it makes it just a little bit harder for me to answer. How far away from the stump are they? Right next to it. Like they're right. growing back up in place. So as the they grow, around. they'll... As they grow, they'll conceal the stump and, and where it was. They'll grow together, and you won't really know that there was a stump there, right? It appears that that might happen. I just didn't know if it would leave a big, you know, say empty space in the middle of the, of the bush. Of That's the why I ask you that. Uh, there are, uh, are crepe uh, uh, myrtles that froze to the ground, and we're working with some in our World Collection Park of crepe myrtles in McKinney. And we're, we're sitting there looking at 25 sprouts that have come up, and they may be mm-hmm. over a span of 36 inches over here and way over there. And here's the stump in the middle. And you're saying, well, I don't want the plant way over there or way over here. I want it right where we had it originally. But there aren't any sprouts there. And so now you're left with, well, what do we do? Because these were put in a colonnade in a row. And that one isn't in the row anymore. You don't belong here. <laughs> so that's that's the problem. However, in this case, with a bottle brush, if if they're close enough to the stump, that's exactly why I ask you that, if they're close enough that as they grow, and they'll grow fairly vigorously, all the roots are there. They didn't freeze, just right. the top froze. Right. Uh, they'll they'll grow back and, and conceal all of that, and they should grow together. And you have, you have sprouts on both sides of the stump, all sides? I do, and they're already about knee high. I mean, it's growing. Now, I, deep, I would say go for healthy. it. Leave it there. You'll okay. you'll get a big plant faster from that than you will with a new one. You know, I grew up in College Station, and I loved as a child bottle brush, and I so wanted one. And every time I tried planting one, it froze. It froze. I tried this. Oh. You know, I'm I'm a hard headed. I was a hard headed kid. Now I'm a hard headed old guy, and I tried. I think four or five years in a row, and so. I'm just a little jealous that you can get them to get as big as yours did. So <laughs> it was a good size, yes. Sir. It sounds like it. So I would just let those grow and develop, and and they'll turn back into shrub. You may need to thin them out a little bit. That you know, you we may, can do. Thank yeah, you. you may have more stems than you need. You betcha. Thanks for the call. Have a great day. Nice place to raise a family. I didn't realize until I left and came back for class reunions. We only had 88 in our graduating class at A&M Consolidated High School. The town had 7,000 people at that point. That was about the size of the university. I told you I was an old guy, and uh, I transferred to Ohio State, and then when Lynn and I married and taught in Ohio and then moved to Dallas, and in those years and ensuing years, oh, my gosh, what's happened to College Station? It's a wonderful university, wonderful. We have a grandson going to A&M right now. And I'm proud to say that. About to have a, a granddaughter going to UT starting in the fall in neuroscience. Oh, she's smarter than the rest of our family. So anyway, okay, need to need to do an ad for you. It's for my electronic newsletter, eGardens. eGardens is um, something that I publish absolutely free of charge. It is sent to your email Every Thursday, just a little after 6 p.m., you'll always have a featured plant of the week. You'll always have uh, gardening this weekend where I point out the things that need to be done in the ensuing weekend. Just think next week I'll get to tell you all the things you need to do on Memorial Day weekend. Won't that be a joy? Now, I'll I'll shorten it and just put the most important things. Um, And I used to have the question of the week the featured question of the week. Well, now I'm uh, allowing and entertaining questions from my readers, my subscribers, sent to eGardens, and then I answer them. I've had to limit it 
to the, uh, the, the first ones that come in because it would be hundreds and hundreds, I found out, the first week. And so we've, we've put a meter on it to shut it down after a while. So you need to get those questions in early on Thursday evening. It's not one of those deals where you save it for th- Saturday and then send your question in. I'm sorry, I just I can't get around to all of them. I spent almost two days uh, trying to sort through the questions to get to this past week's done. But I love doing eGardens. I think you'll find it to be very, very useful. And as I say, it is free, so can't beat that price. You have to subscribe to it, though, um, and because I can't just email it to you. I don't have your email address, so. Anyway, if you go to my website, you can see what it looks like, and you can decide if you want to want to sign up for it. You do it all at the same place. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. Same place you go to buy my book. It's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and then click on that eGardens tab. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. Had something interesting happen yesterday. Something wonderful, in fact. It was a graduation day at Serenity High in McKinney. I haven't talked a lot about Serenity High for a couple of years. Uh, some of you who are veteran listeners here are aware it is a public high school in the McKinney ISD. It is for kids coming back from drug and alcohol rehab who don't want to go back to their home schools. They don't feel safe there. And uh, it is a sober environment where there are AA meetings and uh, where sobriety is critical. I mean, it's first and foremost. Uh, and education is concurrent with that. And we had graduation day yesterday. And uh, my wife and I helped start Serenity High. It opened October 11, 1999. And there are those of you listening right now who have contributed over the years at various stages along the way when we were doing fundraisers for Serenity High, and we thank you for that. And you'll be, you'll be really happy to hear what I'm about to tell you now. I called the retired principal from Serenity High yesterday to tell her we'd be there and that I intended to mention her and thank her for all of her 17 years as principal. And she said, you know, Neil, I just got a call uh, from a graduate from 2006 and she has just gotten her Ph.D. That's something that her parents never anticipated would happen. And that she's not the only one who has a Ph.D. There are several of the graduates who have and, and a good many master's degree. There are military uh, veterans. There are uh, a lot of undergraduate degrees. There are a lot of uh, people in, in public service. Uh, I know of a nurse. Um, of two nurses, in fact, the one that I encountered who uh, closed the door and said, I need to tell you something. And my wife was with me that day, and she said, thank you. I'm a graduate. It just doesn't get any better than that, and uh, this affected our family. Uh, Serenity wasn't there when it could have helped, but we knew that, and, and our family member got through fine. But um, that was that was really a nice call to hear that we had another milestone, a wonderful milestone yesterday. Back to the phone lines. We have two lines open right now, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. Our journey has been going on for 27 years with uh, issues of uh, family member in, uh, in recovery, 
and it needs to be talked about openly. And uh, I have not been drunk or high in my life. I've pl- made plenty of mistakes. I'm a very, very active member of a 12-step group called Families Anonymous. That has also allowed me to attend several meetings of AA, birthday meetings. And the folks who are getting their birthday chips have my utmost respect. And I might have been one who would refer to them as those people once before. But they are my people. I take ownership and I take pride in calling them my friends. It's, it's an amazing population. Lynn and I went to see Dr. Bob's house, 855 Ardmore Street in Akron, Ohio. If you've ever been there, you know. I just stood there and, and cried tears of respect for what happened in that house uh, with Bill W. and Dr. Bob as they formed AA back in 1935. It's a national historic landmark. So go sometime. You'll really, really feel good inside. We go to Sonia and Amarillo. Sonia, this is Neil. Good morning. You still there, Sonia? Did I put you to sleep? Oh, I'm still here. Atta girl, how can, can I help you? I do. Oh. <laughs> um, we um, are older. My husband and I are in our late 60s, and we have purchased a raised bed garden that someone else had built, and they're moving it into our backyard today. And it is probably 22 inches deep. It's that U-shape that you've seen in kits before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be a total of six inches, I mean, six inches, six feet wide and about, I think, eight feet long. And so I'm going to have some space. Not I have not done raised bed gardening before. And we were wondering, what should we, we've heard that we can like fill it with something to keep from having to totally fill it with the soil. And so what could we use as a filler? Um. What are you going to be growing in it? Be careful. I, we'd like to grow vegetables of some type. Okay. Uh, like the smaller, like peppers. Bless um, you. That, that was the best answer you could have given me because I thought you were going to tell me okra and corn or something oh, huge. No. Good. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's great. The, the, uh, the size of the crop, height and, and spread of the crop, would determine how deep the soil needs to be. I don't know that okay. I, I think I would try to go with a lightweight soil mix more than I would try to uh, layer soil in there. You don't want to start putting something at the bottom that is useless to the, the bed. 22 inches is wonderful. You'd want to have a couple of inches at the top that uh, would, you know, there's going to come a day that you'll get rain in Amarillo. Right. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> we hope. <Someday. laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, so you want to leave an inch or so that, that isn't soil. And, uh, okay. and that gives you a little working room too when you, when you get back in and start working, adding more organic matter in. I'll, I'll tell you what I do. If I, if I were building a raised bed on ground, uh, I would, I would make almost a totally artificial soil mix. It would be, uh, about, uh, oh, probably, I don't know about percentages. I'm, I'm going to, I probably would have a little topsoil in it, but it would be about two inches of sphagnum peat moss and then one inch each. You're going to have to multiply this by a factor maybe three times. Uh, one inch each of, uh, finely ground pine bark mulch and, mm-hmm. um, 
then uh, well-rotted manure and and well-rotted compost. And by that, I mean you can't tell what it was originally, the compost. It's better if it's your own compost from your yard with tree leaves and grass clippings and things. What worries me is when people buy compost that is not really compost, but it's just ground up uh, pallets and you know, whatever, construction oh. debris. That's no good. Yeah. So you, you have five or six inches of that kind of organic matter and then maybe two or three inches of tops, really good topsoil. And um, normally I would add in the ground, I would add one inch of expanded shale, S-H-A-L-E, but I don't want to do that in a raised bed because that would add a lot of weight. So, and I didn't, I didn't tell you this. This is actually on like four-inch legs. So well, it, helps. it's really yeah, that's good. Ground. That's good. But there's still no no point in adding more weight than we have to. Um, okay. All right. You could use you could use perlite. It will float, and some of it will come out. Uh, it depends on the drainage holes. You don't want to have all of the perlite float out, but it would uh, it would help hold moisture and loosen up all the materials. But that's kind of what I would do, and then multiply what I just gave you that ratio by uh, two or three to three or four to get enough in there to, to fill it up. And that would give okay. you a really good, almost like a potting soil, like you'd use in great big pots if you were gardening in, in 22-inch pots on your patio or something. I think All that's right. what I would do. And then then you have to use a uh, complete and balanced water-soluble fertilizer that has all three of the nutrients in it and uh, use that uh, almost every time you water. You can get a siphoning proportioner. Okay. It's called a hoson, H-O-Z-O-N. They are online. I bought a couple of them this spring, and uh, okay. that's old technology. But it will it will uh, suck out the concentrate fertilizer and put it into your water flow and and let you water with it. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. You're going to have fun. Uh, yeah. Just hope to get some rain to help water it. <laughs> Boy, my heart goes to you. We've had. We, we're short, but it's come in big bursts, so it's filled the reservoirs. But there's gonna we're we're gonna be held accountable as well. Good luck. Maybe right. we'll all get some this time. Take care, Sonia. Thanks right. for the call. Thank all you. Right. You bet. All right, let me tell you about my book right now, and and uh, everything I just told you is is in kind of the basics chapter, chapter one, um, and and other places. I have a very special opportunity for you. I'm trying to clear out the remaining several hundred copies of the fifth printing of my book. Um, back in the fall, I called for the sixth printing. The publisher, the printer, and I'm the publisher, the printer said in San Antonio said, we can do that. And then they proceeded to tell me about a month later, we have a shortage of paper. It's going to be six to 12 months until we can get paper. Yikes. I was afraid I would run out of any books uh, in the uh, in the spring, and so I hoarded my fifth printings. Then all of a sudden, they had the paper, and all of a sudden, sudden, I had six printing books. Well, they're warehoused in San Antonio now, and I need to clear out the space in my own uh, storage space in, in McKinney uh, for them. Okay, that's the wind-up. Here's the pitch. The uh, book will be $38.95, and it has two paragraphs that have changed just to tell you that we had a really bad cold spell last year in February of 2021. You already knew that. That's uh, that's the difference. Um, the difference will be 38.95 and I'm selling the fifth printing at 32.95. Whoa, that's a difference. That's if you order right now. 
The way to order right now is to go to my website and do so. It's 11 chapters that cover every aspect of outdoor gardening, lawns, landscapes, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening for every county in the great state of Texas, even southern Oklahoma, and satisfaction is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny. 75,000 copies sold and not one request for a refund. $32.95, I'll sign your copy and get it in the mail this week. Now, here is the way you can order. It's not in stores, not on Amazon. You need to call my office Monday through Friday. That's 1-800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. But the better way so that you'll have it done is to go to my website right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's go to uh, Shelly in Arlington. Shelly, it's Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How may I? I have um, a large portion of my yard that is um, monkey grass. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, it just I just had it put in last year, and I used a maize uh, weed prevention uh, in that area, and I can't find a maize anywhere this year. Uh, it is has left the market. Product? Um, what kinds of weeds do you have or have you, are you worried about? Um, some of it is grassy looking weeds and some of it is that, uh, is it called dichondra that is little circly things? Yeah. Um, yeah. Shelly, I will tell you, I have, um, I have probably half an acre of Mondo grass, monkey grass ground cover. Right. Yeah. We're in in a, uh, in a pecan forest and, it gets thick enough that it will crowd out almost all weeds. Dichondra might survive, but you won't see it. It's down underneath all that. It gets so thick. Now, uh-huh. I also plant, when I plant my uh, Mondo grass, monkey grass, I plant it pretty close together because uh, I have the luxury of having had it for 30 years, and I have a lot of it, so I can, I can you know, kind of steal from it and plant right. it uh, six inches apart and fairly big clumps and so it, it fills in the first year um i don't think there's anything that you can use to kill dichondra or any other broadleaf plant that won't also damage your mondo grass what you could do okay. is use a foam rubber paint brush and just paint across the dichondra with the broadleaf weed killer that's going to be something containing 2,4-D. if you had mm-hmm. a little a little uh, uh oh a cake pan or something and a foam rubber paintbrush. Um, and and just just wiped it across. I think you could get rid of it that way, and maybe that would suffice. But I think spending the same effort in putting nitrogen fertilizer out there and water, I, I think you'll be okay. amazed at how quickly it'll cover. Yeah. Well, I guess I had it planted a little too far apart. Um, a lot of people you do know, they that. Said, yeah. They said, oh, this is the standard planting, and I just believed them. I didn't even ask how many inches it was going to be. You don't have dwarf so, mondo, I hope. You have no, regular. no, it's the regular. Okay, good. It's the regular. Well, you could go back yeah. in and you could go back in and and spot in additional. You can either uh, take some from another bed and and just 
take it right off the edge of the bed. Or if you uh-huh. don't have any that's that way, I'll bet some of the neighbors have some. Usually you can take it right against a fence or against a walk or something. That's where we get ours. But that's what yeah, I would I do. Have some like that. Okay. Now, as far as so pre-emergence. what about the grassy weeds? Is there anything? The grassy weeds, you could, you could uh, use uh, any of the, the pre-emergence. They're not going to, I don't think they'll hurt. I think you could use Baylan or Dimension. Probably could use oh, okay. Alts. Read the label. I, I don't think they will exclude those. But again, I okay. don't. I don't. I think I would probably, if it were my bed, I'd probably hoe them or weed them. It would depend on what they were. If it were Johnson grass, and for sure, if it were nutsedge, I'd, I'd get I'd get it out of there if I could. But otherwise, yeah, I think it's I'd, not that. It's just good. the little grassy looking weeds, and I've been pulling it by hand this year since I couldn't find a maze. Yeah, but yeah, I, just I think to yeah. Check. So but now you have to remember that you have to remember that what we're talking about is pre-emergent weed killers. And once right. they're up where you can see them and pull them, it's too late for the pre-emergence. So. Right. I just thought if I did really well weeding after this rain this week, I wondered right. if there was something I could put out after. Yeah. Well, yeah, but these may be these may be still some cool season grasses. Probably not. They're probably probably summertime. Um, try mulch. How about bark mulch? A fine okay. bark mulch that you could put in there. That would that would do about as good a job. I'm just trying to okay. I'm trying to get you through one more year until the, right. the mondo grass is full and will crowd it mm-hmm. out. So anyway, yeah, that's I got to get I'm a break in. But the last year, yeah, I have one more break. I just realized I didn't get in, but but I I think you'll find that that's going to work for you. All right, thanks so much. Great, thanks for the call, Lisa and Burleson. Stay there. I'm going to take a short. Uh, ad for myself here to to get to you for sure. My website is neilsperry.com. I'll spell it for you in about 20 seconds. That's where you buy my book on that great sale price. It's where you sign up for eGardens and a lot of other things. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. That was my 60-second ad. Why pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own a Mueller building? Mueller Backyard Buildings are easy to assemble, affordable, and offer a permanent storage solution right in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's Standard Series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They are fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com. M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Get a free customized building estimate. And while you're there... Click on their color selector tool. Make choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553, or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means steel buildings for permanent storage. More after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Lisa is in Burleson. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. Um, I hope you can hear me. I'm on my headphones in a car, so I, I apologize. Um, I do. I'm trying to find out something about sensitivity buying is what my husband's calling it. Um, it's in our, um, we kind of got a Bermuda St. Augustine mix, but it's, um, I don't know if you, if we're calling it the right thing. You're it talking about really sensitive long- briar where you touch it and it closes? 
Um, no, it's not really a briar. Um, it, it's got a, it, well, my husband's going, eh. <laughs> it has, uh, it gets like these little bitty pink balls. Yeah, you try pulling a, that out and you'll be, you try pulling that out, yeah. Lisa, and you'll be willing yeah. to say it's a briar. Okay, well, then all I know is it, if, he, if he cuts it like with a mower or whatever, it, where it lands, it starts again. Um, and so we sat out, you know, in the, in the, out in the yard and just hours and pulled. All right, I have out. I have about half a minute. It is probably sure. dispelling its uh, dispensing its seeds across the uh, across the yard. So that's probably how you're doing it with the mower. Uh, I would spot treat with a broadleafed weed killer right onto it. Uh, that's a okay. product containing 2,4-D in a trigger bottle where you can put it right onto the weed before you do anything else. You don't have to hand pull it. Uh, you look up Mimosa pudica, P-U-D-I-C-A. That's sensitive, Briar. See if that's what you have. It the, the control would be the same for anything, though. Hey, everybody. Happy gardening.